Welcome to Tech Goose Ninja, a podcast where we dive into interesting, cool, or just plain old weird technology, providing a simple global perspective into this exciting world. Thanks for joining us this week. Now let's get right into the news where we'll meet the ninjas from their outposts around the globe. Hi guys, and thanks for being with us. I'm Jeremy, your host for this segment, coming to you from London. And in British, that is, I'm Jeremy, your host for this segment, coming to you from London. And I'm joined by Varun in Bangalore. Varun, say hi. What up, what up, what up, guys? You the man, you the man. Ranjeev, Silicon Valley. Let's hit it up. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Good to see y'all, hear y'all. Good to have y'all hearing us. (laughs) That's how we roll. Varun, what do you you got for us today? What have you got? All right, I got some really, really interesting stuff, man. Like uh, the hacker group Anonymous just released a bunch of KKK members' names, and it turns out some of them are U.S. politicians. Damn, son. Now that's some juicy stuff. Damn. Juicy, juicy. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone that you recognize, Varun? Any names? Well, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not as plugged into American politics as I was uh, yeah. a couple of months ago, but... Yeah, I mean, okay, this, is, Varun, this could be to, some pretty... You protect your family members, it's fine, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's pretty terrible, though. That's pretty terrible. It would be really now. funny if there was, like, a an Indian politician that ended up in the KKK or something. I think there was, there was an Indian politician at least running for presidency uh, a couple... There was, yeah. Yeah, a while ago. Didn't get very far, but, oh, well, you know, you got to start somewhere, represent people to start somewhere uh but no <laughs> shit seriously so u.s politicians exposed as kkk members yeah 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 it's a, it's part of the anonymous million mask march uh um event that is happening on november 5th hmm. so let, let's let's think about this guys i mean do you agree with what they're doing because one part of me says these guys are doing god's work you know they're taking down the bad guys but the other part of me says, you know, we can't just have these guys running amok in cyberspace, you know, messing about. What do you think? Well, I think they absolutely should be there and they should be doing this. Um, now, do we take everything they say at face value? No, because, you know, you, you have to verify for yourself, you know, are these unsubstantiated claims or not. Um, but it definitely is going to cause a stir. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. I mean, hey, our political system is messed up enough. Uh, we need people looking into it. We all know our politicians are corrupt and ineffective in, in so many ways. Um, to find any that are affiliated with the KKK, I'd say let's find out who they are and let's get rid of them. And you know, at least at least that's one way to start flushing out rotten politicians. Uh, and this Varun, is pretty pretty good set to remove. Your thoughts, Varun? Yeah, yay I mean, or nay? so I'm I am a huge advocate of data privacy and keeping people's private data private. So I mean, I'm not uh, totally for the what they did, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, the KKK. Uh, does do some um, shady, underhanded stuff. So, so I mean, I'm a little on the fence about shady, this one. underhanded stuff. Some of it. <laughs> this is the KKK. This is the definition of racism. This is think, this is violent. This is discrimination. Worry about I mean, about being politically correct when it comes to the KKK. I mean, yeah. in all honesty, they're a bunch. They of are some rotten mother. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. <laughs> We, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's because maybe you're a little far away, but uh, the KKK is taken pretty seriously over here. Uh, this is not, not news that will be taken lightly by any means. So there's, you know, whether it's, it's verified claims or not, whether it's, it's true or not, there, people are going to look into this. And these guys, these politicians who have been named, uh, I'm going to look it up myself, but they're going to they're gonna go through a little bit of a crucible now in, in people finding out whether they really are KKK or not. Oh, yeah, the, the fallout of this is going to be absolutely devastating for a lot of people man yeah it's gonna be tough i think just to add my uh, my two cents or two pennies worth um i'd say two pence what, is it two pence yeah two pence yeah yeah there Although, you go well, two, is pence. It two pence or two pennies i don't know one uh, here penny. it's, it's pennies what, what do you do what, what, what do you have in in england i mean what's the, what's the currency there is it not well, pence? We've, got, pence we've, we've got pence and pounds yeah but i'm thinking yeah. is it two pennies can you have two pennies because you can have one penny of course you can you you can have two pennies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a penny is a penny is a, is one cent. But Wait, hold uh, on, do we... you guys use pennies as well in the states? Yeah, yeah. That's hell? our that's our one cent coin is a penny. That's a mine. Yeah, man. What what do you what do you guys call pennies? <laughs> well, I thought we were the only people who use pennies. No. Oh, mind blown there, man. Yeah, Come no, on. Canadians use pennies too. Wrong, I'm pretty sure. Have I got the wrong grammar here? I mean, 
It's a 1p coin and a 2p coin. I always thought it was pennies and pence. You have a 2p coin? Yeah, yeah. And is that is that 2 cents? No, it's 2 pence, man. What the, okay, what's, what is a pence? <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, all right, all right. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll save this for another segment. This will have to be all a right. specific show okay. on itself. Yes, I do need to understand pence this. versus pennies and currency around the world. Coming to you soon. You, you guys can tell how cool we are in this segment. <laughs> Definitely stay tuned for pence and pennies when that episode comes out, people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, my, my two P's worth um, on the, the whole issue of... Uh, whether to support anonymous and organizations like that. And I suppose it, it comes down to Snowden somewhat as well. These are guys who are operating outside the law, but are taking down the outlaws. And I've got to be honest, I'm all for that, because I sort of feel a sense of we're balancing it. You know, the government's providing law and regulation, and these guys are providing sort of outlaw and their own form of, of law. Yes, it's a bit vigilante, but I think we do need both sides to get a balanced picture. Yeah, I mean, have they have they done anything illegal in revealing this information? I don't think so. I mean, these are politicians. Their their lives are already quite well known out in the public, or at least they should be. Um, we elect these people. We, we count on them to make really important decisions for us and to represent us. Um, I don't think any uh, American person would want to be represented by a KKK member. Um, now, this is a bit controversial, but do you have any right to privacy when you are part of a an organization like the KKK? In my opinion... No. You should be ousted and, well, I was going to use the term lynched, but then I thought better of it. Good choice there. Good choice there. <laughs> good choice. Uh, no, no trivial matter. All right, all right. What's, uh, what's next, guys? Ooh, moving on? Okay. All right. Moving um, on. So I recently read that, the, uh, that Google, Google has announced that they are going to be merging Android and Chrome OS. That is their, their mobile operating system, Android. Um, and Chrome OS is maybe not as well known. It's the operating system on their Chromebooks, which is the Google version of a netbook. Um, little, for, for those who aren't not as familiar, Chromebook is basically a computer that does not uh, run a lot of native uh, applications. It's, it's basically intended to be run with an internet connection and uh, therefore it has low storage, it has lower RAM, most of what the work that's done on it is done online. Um, so these things run for very little money. They're quite cheap um, and useful for you know people who travel. They're light, they are, if, you, if all your work is online then, then you don't really need a, a heavy duty computer with a ton of storage and a massive processor. Um, I think it's interesting that uh, Android and Chrome OS are going to be merging because now you're going to be seeing a lot of that functionality and user experience that uh, that people get through mobile applications and their Android apps uh, migrating over to computers. And where that I think will be really useful um, is in the classroom in developing countries. Um, so I'm excited to see what comes of this. Uh, we're basically going to have a lot more technology, uh, a lot more accessible um, and I think that I'm really excited to see how that impacts education in, uh, in fo you know, to folks who don't so, have it. So you mentioned that it doesn't really matter now. We've got everything can run on this Chromebook in the cloud, et cetera, et cetera. But I think laptops are still status symbols to some people. And you're, gonna, you're never going to get the Mac crowd off their MacBooks. I mean, uh, you guys are using sure. Macs, aren't you? For sure. I'm, I'm using a Mac right now. Good point. Uh, and no, it's not. you can't run everything on a Chromebook. It's... Um, it's going to be a you know a smaller subset of things, uh, so things that are that basically are hooked up to the internet. Now there there's their offline mode and, and stuff, and you can even run things like Adobe Photoshop, a cloud version of Adobe Photoshop, where all the processing is done on Adobe servers, for example. Mm. I mean, if anyone's tried to run Adobe Photoshop on their personal computer, well, if you're not running a powerful computer, you're going to see some performance issues. You're going to see some lag. Um, but now you can run it on this computer that's packing very little hardware and have outstanding performance just because Adobe's running running it all on their servers. The cloud um, processing is a unique feature, definitely. But Varun, are you going to have a tablet with you or are you going to have a Chromebook with you? Um, I am going to have a MacBook with me, honestly. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> three. I'm, an, uh, I'm a huge Apple fanboy and, uh, and I'm going to stick with, with the best made computers, I think, in the world today. But, uh, no, but Overall, I, th I think this move uh, from Google kind of makes sense. I mean, why, why are you investing money into two different operating systems? I mean, consolidating them will save them a lot of money for sure um, for on, on development. 
and and I mean the the Android OS is actually very very robust these days, right? And and it's been proven to be portable on several different types of devices. So I think it'll be a success on um, on the Chromebooks. Well, they're probably going to have to change the name from Chromebook now, right? Uh, well, so uh, there's been a lot of speculation as to what's actually going on, and Google uh, kind of came out and said uh, yesterday or today that they're not actually shutting down Chrome OS. They're just going to be kind of having the same people work on Android or Chrome OS. It was a little nebulous as to what they're, what they're actually doing. Uh, but, yeah, if they change the name of Chrome OS, then I assume the Chromebook will also get a new name. The Android, Android book. Shall we go on to the next topic? All right, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Let's move on. What have you got for us, cool. Sounds like a plan. Well, I've got what I always have, my love for virtual reality. Now, I'm telling you guys, VR is going to be big. It's going to be damn big, especially when 2016 hits and everybody releases their own consumer versions of these headsets. I'm talking Sony, I'm talking Samsung, uh, Facebook with the Oculus. And speaking of Facebook, specifically their toy box demo. If you've seen that... That is amazing. The idea of taking social networking to the next level, to the virtual world, bringing in two avatars, you and your friend, into this playpen effectively, and firing lasers at each other, you know, shooting slingshots, blowing fireworks, you know, just getting to do the things you wanted to do as a kid, but you just couldn't do because your mom would tell you off, you know? You can't blow shit up in real life. Well, you can, but, you know, there are consequences. In the virtual world, you can blow everything up and nothing will ever happen. You can just turn the monitor off. It's going to be amazing, guys. It's going to, it's going to take us to a new level of socializing. Mm, that's exciting. So you yeah, said I mean, lasers. Lasers. Go for it. For lasers. Lasers. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, my, my initial reaction is, I mean, it's, it's a cool concept, right? And I mean, I definitely see um, virtual, virtual reality and, and by extension, augmented reality as well being a huge part of our lives moving forward. But I think what we're going to see in the short term, I mean, especially when this, the commercial products get released in 2016, is, is, more, of a, is more of a device and an, an, an experience that's nice to have. You know, it's not something that's going to really change the way we live or change the way we do work or change the way we learn or change the way we interact. But it'll be like a fun thing on the side. Um, but over time, you know, it'll, it'll take a couple I got of years. It. I have to disagree with you. Really I get... do have to disagree really? with you. Take a little more long-term view on virtual reality. I think Save that it's it away, Rajiv. To... Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm very excited about virtual reality. And I did get to watch the Toy Box. Uh, toy Box, that's what it's called, right? I got to watch the yeah, Toy, toy box, box video. Yeah, Toy Box, that's it, yeah. Oh, man, that's exciting. Because, I mean, first of all, lasers, explosions. I mean, we're all still little kids. That's all <laughs> we want to do. But, no, uh, again, on the, on the education theme, right, there's virtual reality allows you to go to a place where, you know, you don't have access to. So, so right now all the applications are fun and they're, like, kind of catchy, trying to, you know, attention grabbers and basically what they're trying to do is you know raise money to to keep developing virtual reality because it's not a usable state right now but you know I, i'm looking forward to a day when you do have virtual reality again uh, available to folks who take india take africa as examples uh where, where they you know this level of education is just not that great especially rural communities uh if you could bring virtual reality into a classroom you could take students into the anatomy of a human being you can take students to um ancient Rome, for example. I mean, just the immersive learning is what virtual reality could bring, and I think that that would, you know, we said that the U.S. Uh, the U.S. political system needs a bit of an overhaul. I think so does the global education system, and virtual reality, I see, is one of the tools that will get us there. I'm 100% with you, Ranjeev. The one thing I do not want to see, though, is a repeat of the past. They tried VR in the late 80s, early 90s. Miserable failure computing power wasn't up to it ultimately it was a pretty shitty experience um, but I think we are now at a point in time where computing power can actually produce a really immersive experience so I'm hoping it survives this time only time will tell them alright guys let's wrap this up and get ready for the main event Thank you for joining me for the main event. I'm Varun, and I'll be your host for this segment. I'm here in Bangalore. I have Tene and Jeremy in London, and I have Mark in Brisbane. What's going on? Yeah. What's up, peeps? What's going on? Well, Nothing much. Just cloudy and rainy, as usual. Glad you could join me. Glad you could join <laughs> me. So today, we're going to be talking about internet.org, a.k.a. Free Basics. And what it is for the people that don't already know is it's a Facebook-led initiative. 
which ends up being a partnership between Facebook and six companies, including Samsung, Ericsson, MediaTek, Oprah Software, Nokia, and Qualcomm. And what they intend to do is to bring free internet access to two-thirds of the world that currently does not have access to internet because they are, they, they are in developing countries and cannot afford it. Now, and Facebook just wants to help people. Yeah, and, and Facebook, yeah, on the surface and marketing speak, yes, they want to help people. But, but, I, but I mean, Facebook... Wait, 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 are you, saying there's some other mo- are you saying there's some other motive there, Varun? Is there <laughs> some other corporate motive? Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying, Jerry. And like any other multi-billion dollar corporation, the, the sole purpose for its existence is to make money, right? And internet.org right now seems like it's all... It's all humanitarian, and this is this huge social aspect of it, which there is, and I'm not, and, and I'm not trying to take away from that, but you you are a company that has shareholders, and people are gonna want to make money off of in, internet.org, or people. So what's are the catch? What's Facebook. the catch, man? Now, yeah, now but- what ends up happening, right? Is Facebook has Samsung, Ericsson, MediaTek, Oprah, Nokia, and Qualcomm. Now, if you think about it, the people that they've partnered with are essentially providers of the complete internet stack. I mean, you're talking about Samsung and Ericsson, people who make mobile phones. You're talking about MediaTek and Qualcomm, people that make um, cellular communication chips. And then you're talking about Oprah software, which is essentially a browser. Well, Oprah's most well known for their, for their browsers. But essentially, I mean, you have, you have mobile phones, you have uh, cellular communication chips, and then you have browsers, which is, and then you have Facebook, which is the content uh, curator, i.e. they control what content ends up being on this platform. So Facebook essentially has control over the way people access the internet, all the way from the level of the hardware that they have on their phones through to the actual websites that they have access to, right? So, I mean, if you give one company that, that much power, it completely destroys, like, free, free market on the Internet. Like, if, if you think about it, um, well, say, isn't that one of the uh, key criticisms in India was the net neutrality issue? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it's a key, key criticism of Internet.org and free basics globally, actually. And, and Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg have been taking a lot of flack for that. Um, but let's just try to put this in real terms. Let's say like the four of us wanted to start, I don't know, an e-commerce business, right? Now, yeah. we try to get on internet.org or free basics. And then Facebook says no, because there is already a competitor of ours that is on the platform, right? And Facebook does have this power, which essentially limits us from two thirds of the world's population which is the majority of the world's population right now from using our e-commerce platform or ER or buying whatever we're selling on our e-commerce site you know so they, they have guidelines has, i guess as well facebook for this your your app or your site has to have uh, follow their guidelines to to make it a, into the show or you know onto their yeah their yeah app. most of the guidelines that they have though are are really um from the technical standpoint to be oh, accessible okay. over low yeah. data bandwidth um, right. Um, right. type situations. I mean, because like like a lot of the developing world does not have 4G internet, right? So you can't have very rich content on these sites on on anything that goes on internet.org or free basics. So you need to have it as as your your whatever content you're providing has to be very simply formatted. So so that's what the majority of the guidelines are. But Facebook, at the end of the day, still has discretion on, on whether you get on the platform or off the platform. And, it's like uh, the App and, Store, kind of. Kind of like the App Store, but Apple discriminates against apps because either they're, I don't know, they're X-rated or, they, or, or, or they're illegal in some sort of uh, way, or the technology behind the app is, is just not stable enough yet, right? Like, the App Store doesn't really uh, discriminate, at least Apple doesn't, and the App Store doesn't discriminate against uh, content for the most part, unless it's illegal or X-rated, uh. you know? So, like, what's the converse then, right? So, the argu- I think uh, the biggest argument against your statement there is probably like, well, if they didn't do it, then the two thirds of the world's going to be in the dark ages, pretty much, because no one's helping them get access to the internet, because everyone else is a business and is trying to make money off other people as well. So, you know, you said like, if we wanted to start an e-commerce uh, company on there, 
if those two-thirds of the people that don't even have access to basic information are doing e-commerce on their phones, and I think we've, then we've achieved something for all of humanity, right? Because these guys yeah. who could not access information can now freaking shop online. But then the question is, do they have the infrastructure in place, like a reasonable mobile phone, to have a reasonable internet browsing experience, if we're talking about developing countries here? It's, I don't, I don't, I, Virud, you're, like, you probably know more than, but like from what I saw, it kind of looked like it was, it was kind of a bit app-based kind of approach to things, but it was, it was restricted to very few basic functions, such as Wikipedia or other things. So you could access that like, information pretty much rather than like do a full... Uh, internet experience that you do on your smartphones right now when you're in the toilet. Right. Well, it's 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 like the opposite of a full uh, internet experience. It's it's you you yeah. get to see what uh, Facebook provides you, and then if you want to see another thing, something outside of their uh, their basket of sites, you have to you know basically sign up to the telecom uh, provider's data uh, you know um, yeah. packages. They they sort of redirect you to uh, let's say Reliance's uh, you know services. You like, they allow you the possibility to sign up for three G or something like that without any restrictions. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so I mean, if if you're trying to access something outside of the free basics um, content, yeah. then you will need to buy a data plan from the provider. But uh, but why don't we go into some of the stuff that is that is on this free basic platform. So it, it, if you go and sign up in India through Reliance, um, the content is, is categorized in the following. You have social networking, you have career, you have entertainment, you have government, you have health, you have information, jobs, search, shopping, sports, and women's empowerment. So s some of the stuff on social networking, surprise, surprise, is just Facebook and Facebook Messenger. <laughs> Right, I mean, oh, <laughs> the most used and, thing in the entire planet right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, and that kind of makes sense. Fine, okay. Yeah. Um, how do they how do they define those categories? I mean, women's empowerment. There could be a number of websites that are useful that come under that banner. Yeah. And do they have an entire team that's scouring the internet every day, deciding what gets on there and what doesn't get on? And then the other point is, if they're the if they're the guys at the end of the day deciding on what goes on there, they're effectively becoming a media channel through which they can yes. um, push out any form of propaganda that they wish. See, that's where it gets very a bit true, dangerous for true. me. Yeah. So for me, is like presenting information to people and then censoring that information in any way or form. Yes, obviously you're not going to be able to censor Wikipedia because it'll be an outrage, but in what Jeremy just raised in terms of like woman empowerment or anything, any disaster stuff in the future because they want to keep people up to date, if they censor the information, then they're going to have a tremendous amount of power because two-thirds of the world's population will be looking at them as a major source of news. Yeah, so specifically in, in women's empowerment, the two websites that are accessible is Nike's foundation, Girl Effect, and UN Women for, for just general women empowerment information. Um, so then the question is, does Nike have a relationship with Facebook that led to that result being put in there? Yep. Yep. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, so anything that gets on internet.org or free basics, people have to apply to Facebook. They have to say, hey, Facebook, can I get on your platform? And then Facebook says yes or no. So it's not like Facebook is, is scouring the internet and then choosing arbitrarily. If you want to be on their platform, you have to apply to be on their platform. And then, and I, Which is a smart move that saves a lot of admin on their side. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, for, for example, the, the one shopping um, website that is accessible is OLX. OLX in India is pretty much like a Craigslist where it's like a, anybody can go and post anything up for sale and, um, oh, cool. and locally you can go and pick it up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool for OLX, but it sucks for all of the other um, e-commerce retailers <laughs> in India, right? I mean, Flipkart oh, no, I and just, Snapdeal I, I and Amazon and eBay aren't on this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fair. Like, I just was surprised that there's a Craigslist version uh, for India. <laughs> Some shit. Well, it, how weird does it get on OLX? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Craigslist level of weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so for search, believe it or not, Google is not uh, part of uh, Free Basics. It's Bing, actually. Nice. That is accessible. Yeah. Bing. Bing. Oh, yeah. what that is, is Bing, harsh. right? <laughs> Are they, oh they're trying God. to move people even further back into the Stone Age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now this smells like conspiracy. Yeah, this smells like conspiracy cool. to me now. Bing and Facebook <laughs> taking over two-thirds of the world. 
<laughs> I, I wonder I wonder how many buttons you have to press once you open the Nike Woman Empowerment app to buy a pair of running shoes. <laughs> probably probably two. Two? <laughs> I would imagine so, man. One is too too obvious. Uh, two is kind of like yeah, maybe they at least tried to push that away. So yeah, that's how do these people pay for things by the way do they online bank like when they're trying if they're gonna buy something on there's no commerce no there's no commerce angle to it as far as i've seen and the apps that i saw unless something has changed but no so so actually in in india i mean there's this huge push toward mobile wallets and e-wallets right right I, i haven't heard too much of that in the in the western world but uh yeah, man. Like every day, there's there's a new e-wallet or mobile wallet startup. Just Africa's uh, big just on that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty much like a credit card, but like instead of going through this massive approval process for a credit card, you could just sign up for an e-wallet and then um, prepay some sort of uh, prepay an amount into that e-wallet, and then you can use that e-wallet to buy anything oh, okay. online. Yeah. So some of the uh, information. Um, sites are it's good to see Wikipedia is on there WikiHow yeah. is on there um, Dictionary.com is there BBC News is there um, um, then you have uh, IBN good Live good to see the Beeb make it yeah <laughs> uh, you have Jargon which is a which is an Indian uh, thing then you have uh, Maharashtra Times um, yeah buddy yeah represent today <laughs> that's <pretty funny. laughs> Uh, and and then you have a bunch of like um, Indian news websites, and, and then you have you said, AccuWeather, which I was guessing. Yeah, you, so you said Jobs was one of them, right? Jobs is one of them. Yeah. You, yeah, man. You have, so Jobs, uh, that's an interesting angle for me. What like, that's going to be epic to allow people to like be able to apply for jobs uh, online. Could change the entire freaking industry to a certain extent because. True. Yeah, you know, then yeah. these guys are probably like if they're. They're probably going to be like people like farmers and stuff and whatnot uh, in remote I, areas. Hiring people to come farm for you over your phone for these people. Epic. Yeah, I think yeah. especially in, a, in obviously we're talking about developing countries and there's so much infrastructure work and there's so much uh, blue collar uh, employment available, day jobs and that kind of thing. To be able to yeah. you know find 10 guys uh, in the morning and have them in by the afternoon or whatever or you know, the night before and find them for the next morning. That, that's huge for small business owners, I, I would think. In yeah, addition absolutely. to the unemployed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in entertainment, you have astrology, you have, I mean, your star signs and whatever. And then you have a website called Hangama, which is essentially uh, an audio and video streaming service. Um, ah. Which I think is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, with cool. the bandwidth they offer, you can stream video as well? Yeah, probably, probably. Well, I, you probably don't have all of Hangama on it. Maybe you can just stream audio, but uh, mm. maybe video is out of question. So, but that yeah, speed yeah. point is is a good issue. Is a good point to discuss. Actually, how much? What speed are we talking about here? Are these guys getting? Because that's going to affect ultimately what sort of education they get. Because if yeah. it's slow, they're not going to be able to listen to any audio or watch any video. It's simply going to be mm-hmm. reading. But if it's faster, then they have access to those new media streams. Have they mm-hmm. got any news on that? Wait, so, are you saying uh, they're not going to listen to Tech Goose Ninja in Malawi? <laughs> that is the important point. That's what I wanted to lead on to. I mean, we, this is purely an educational podcast. Yeah, that has all the facts all the time. We, we only do this for the children, people. For the children. <laughs> for the children. Just the children. <laughs> so, so actually, what uh, Facebook has a new initiative that's called 2G Tuesdays, which is essentially where they force all Facebook employees to use 2G networks oh, so they can see what it's like <laughs> for the developing like, world. It's and like torture. So, so that it's they, like yeah. someone called a Geneva Council or whatever, man. This is some messed up shit. Why would anyone do this <laughs> to anyone? This is like the equivalent of the, uh, the Muslim Ramadan holiday where you need to feel how it's like to be a poor person, you know. But instead of, <laughs> instead of fasting on food, you're fasting on bandwidth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like digital Ramadan. Oh my god! <laughs> Man, coin that, coin that shit right now. <laughs> how, how quickly people forget. Do you guys remember how excited we were when we had WAP on our phones? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. That was a revolution. <laughs> the beginning. You of could a download like new. You, know, you could download rude photos onto your phone like relatively quickly. It was pretty. Yeah. Pretty and from, from almost anywhere. Almost anywhere. Well, yeah. Not not that, that I did it on the streets at all, guys. Just just. Ah, oh, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Yeah, 
so you're not the flashing white bandit from the streets of Dubai? Oh. <laughs> Keep that under wraps. <laughs> Are you? So anyway, the, go on. Yeah. So the uh, so actually, like internet.org or Free Basics launched in India in February, and uh, and can you guys guess how many people have uh, signed up for the service so far? And in a country uh, of uh, one billion people. So is it all over the country? Well, yeah. I mean, R- Reliance is all over the country. Okay, so fine. It's so not like uh, the I don't know. Sector. I don't know. Then. Fifty million. Fifty million. 20. Yeah. I mean, that that would seem reasonable. I think, right? Twenty million. That seems like a lot I to think me. We would have but, heard yeah, of it though yeah. if, it, if it reached a major number. I'm gonna go with five. Something small. I'm gonna go with one million. That is correct, Jerry. Only one oh, million people yes, have signed up in for internet.org/freebasics in India, which is actually a pretty big fail as far as most people are concerned. And actually, Facebook. I mean, Facebook and and Reliance are are very very unhappy with its uh, with its penetration. And, is, and is the that, reality is, is I mean, good? because uh, even though it, uh, they advertise in in the right areas, I mean, in in villages, um, your your local convenience store will have a banner of free basics. But the thing is, like, neither the convenience store owner nor anybody else in the town knows what the hell Facebook is talking about. <laughs> you know, they're like, what is this like, internet.org? You know, <laughs> so nobody like, knows. Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps this goes to the point that Bill Gates was making, because uh, he was very critical of Google's Project Loon to release internet globally um, to all sorts of developing countries and people that supposedly need it. Maybe he's right in the sense that they don't need internet access. What they need is more immediate you know, healthcare, sanitary conditions, uh, hygiene conditions, uh-huh. and things like that, and education, rather than access to the internet at the moment. Oh, dude, I've, uh, so like, you know, you get people out of the third world by like helping all these health and humanitarian efforts as well, but like kind of bringing the, the bigger the population you bring back to the technical space and the digital area, where, like, you know, where you can actually do stuff, learn stuff from the back of that, that just, in my opinion, will exponentially help people get to where they need to get to in the third world. Because if you're going to spend your time trying to wipe off like John DeSert or Polio, like Bill Gates is on, it's just freaking amazing, you know, it's a great achievement to do across the spread. You know, getting the goal over here for me would be to get those people up to a level where they can research and do cures themselves internally. And that's only going to happen through getting them to the digital age. So, yeah, Internet for people uh, is important for me. But what I'm pretty amused by about it is so Google's trying to get Internet to people. Facebook's trying to get Internet to people. Is this turning into like some sort of fucking arms race? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I well, there's even say so, and 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 so is Virgin actually with the with satellites. But there's talk yeah, of uh, Google and uh, Facebook working together on this. Uh, I read re- just while looking yeah, into this. Yeah, that would make more so sense, good. right? Like, if the goal is, is humanitarian. That is interesting. Yeah, I, I I would never think Google and Facebook would work together on something like this because I mean, oh, okay, like, are they competitors though? Like, Google, I guess on yeah, the ad space they are. They are big time. Yeah. No, they they see each other as as competitors most definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. But let's talk about like what the internet actually is, or, or or what like internet access actually is from a technology standpoint, right? So so you have the content, you have the websites, right? And then you have the pipe that which people connect to the internet through, and that might be might be your your home um, internet connection. It might be your cell phone via two G, three G, or four G networks. It might be um, uh, new things like Project Loon, where 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 balloons um, beam down internet connection, um, or Google is also um, bought a company called Titan Aerospace, which does drones, and um, drones fly around and beam internet connection down. Yeah, and then, Facebook and th- apparently Zuckerberg was into the drone idea initially, and then they did. Yeah, Facebook actually tried to buy uh, Titan Aerospace, but then. Uh, but then uh, Google swooped in and got the deal at the last minute. But Facebook um, is still moving forward with drones, I believe. Um, and at the end of the day, you have the uh, you have the devices in in which you access the internet through, right? So you, it's either your laptops or your mobile phones or your tablets or your um, or your iPads or whatever, right? You have so 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 that's essentially the internet, right? And and what um, and what Facebook and Google. And all of these people that are trying to bring free internet to the world um, don't have and can't really build by themselves is that pipe, right? They still have to leverage existing telecommunication infrastructure, right? Leverage existing uh, ISPs to get the data from one place 
to another place. So you will see um, whether it's it's Google's Project Loon or Facebook's Internet.org, they still have to partner with local ISPs and local telecommunications companies to to get that data through. Well, this was my initial question when I read into this. Why do the ISPs want to get involved in this kind of business? Like, what what do they get out of it? Providing internet for free, they they make uh, you know so much money from from you know having people subscribe to their data packages and their on their phones and then their internet bundle at home and all of that. I I just I don't see why a company would want to just to say eh, we we we're happy to just give it to you now. It's cool. No yeah, one's no, ever said that. Agreed. Like, <laughs> agreed. About anything. No, th- th- there's nothing free in this world, right? Yeah, so, and, and, and that's essentially it. I mean, so right now, these ISPs um, or or the people that are targeted by internet.org and free basics are people that can't afford the standard data plans that ISPs mm, yeah. have, right? Um, so, which is why you give them something as a taste for free now, but then you, <laughs> you upsell them with certain things. So, for example, on... Um, when you're in the free basics app there you can access a lot of the content but then some of the content says or and some of the content such as images or videos says hey you have to buy a data pack for this and maybe the ISPs don't don't sell sell data packs in the traditional um, models that they have right now maybe they sell sell data plans in much smaller increments to target these these uh, these people so Essentially, I mean, as 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 beautiful as this sounds, um, it's all to make money. I mean, that's why yeah, these course. corporations exist. So, and my biggest issue with with internet dot org and the way, at, at least the way Facebook is doing it, is the fact that Facebook is controlling the content. I mean, you can you literally can just as easily give people access to the entire web, but Facebook says no. I will only give you access to the people that we we allow but, you access to but isn't this infrastructure related though man like <laughs> i'm assuming so india is 4g now right and is, is how commonplace is 4g is rolling out slowly we still don't yeah. have 4g everywhere. so like what, what i was thinking based on the question that was asked about you know why the telecoms into this i'm assuming as you get better networks you know so 3g is probably very popular in india right now people move to 4g eventually you still have your 2g networks at the back over there that are probably not getting as much as use as you normally would because all the people that have smartphones are either 3G or 4G that don't want to kind of... Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that some of the infrastructure that they have left might become obsolete if stuff like this doesn't start to happen? You know, um, not really. Because when I was working um, in my last job for an IoT company, like um, we we leveraged uh, cellular communication networks pretty often. So I was mm. pretty plugged into that world. And... Um, and for 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 Internet of Things devices, you don't need 4G speeds, right? You don't need speeds that will allow you yeah, to stream yeah, video. Yeah. I, I just need okay. to send a couple bits of data every now and then, right? So 2G networks were actually pretty uh, pretty useful for that. I and mean, they were very cost effective and they, they had uh, very strong penetration all over the all over the U.S. So 2G networks were pretty good for that. But um, you did have all major... Uh, infrastructure providers sunsetting their 2G networks, i.e. they will be shutting down their 2G networks and then mm. eventually just leaving 3G and 4G on. So I, so I think that that's the way things are moving. I, I don't think internet.org was there to keep 2G networks alive a little bit longer, you know. Interesting. That's really cool. Alright guys, I think that was a pretty good uh, discussion um, about internet.org and free basics. Now let's uh, pass it over to the next group of people for our last segment of the episode. Welcome back. My name is Mark and we're going to discuss some weird and wacky topics in this last segment. Uh, I think today we're going to talk about dating apps and about tractor beams. Uh, my, I'm in sitting in Gold Coast, and I've got uh, Varun in Bangalore. What's going on? We got Tane in Swindon. Unfortunately, Lovely Swindon. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> um, so, guys, uh, the one thing I've noticed uh, in Australia since I've been here is that they even advertise for these dating apps online. I mean, on TV, not online. Uh, 
for <laughs> yeah uh for uh, for instance uh i've i've found one it's called cougarlife.com believe cougar it or not. cougarlife.com oh yes. my god uh but it's complete it's it's a completely bogus site uh you go to it and they ask you to uh to to sign up and to spend money to sign up so you can read messages from supposed uh um, girls that exist, but, uh, they, <laughs> but are they cougars? <laughs> they don't exist. No, they're not. They're not. It's it's, it's complete nonsense. Oh man! So, um, so you just get hustled, and they advertise on TV. So somebody's like spending money to advertise on TV, and they're doing it based yeah. on like fake women. Oh my god! So what if are, there are any cougars it's, it's out the there, if there are any cougars out there, move to Australia. Uh, that's the lesson that we've learned over here because there's a massive market no, for man. cougars. The lesson that we learned is somebody can make money off of this like ridiculous business model. Like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Two sides of the coin. Yeah, I, 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 went, <laughs> uh, I went to uh, a, ra- a rating site, like uh, some kind of, you know, just a user rating site. And guys had actually spent money on it and were, were bitching and moaning about how it hadn't worked to... Uh, out for them and they'd spent so much money and I don't know what uh, it, was, it was bad news <laughs> <laughs> well I was curious I was like okay they're, they're, you know cougars they're, that's, that's, a, that's a market I want to be involved in well, it's, on, it's on TV it's worth uh, you know it must be worth checking out they must be doing well paying for TV ads yeah we got it. yeah no, but speak, anyway, speaking of advertising on TV, here in India, there's a huge push from this company called Truly Madly. They have gotten their name from the Savage Garden song, Truly Madly Deeply. But <laughs> no jokes. Super relevant. Super relevant. I know. This is a, this is a dating app that is uh, like marketed as being India's number one dating app. And unlike the, the Cougar one, it is actually pretty, pretty legit. Is it a dating app or a like matrimony app? Oh, yeah, good point because I mean there is only one type of dating. <laughs> India's had matrimony services forever, but uh, but no, this is they're they're marketing this as a dating app oh, nice. for the younger, hipper generation. It's a trap, man. Some of the stuff I've heard about these uh, these matchmaking websites in India are just nuts, just completely so foreign to 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 what you know, the rest of the world uh, thinks about when, when they get married? Oh, yeah. B- believe it or not, like, uh, I've actually had some experience with those websites. And, of course. Uh, yeah, man, dude, it is... <laughs> <laughs> coming from America into India, I mean, the, the, there was some culture shock. And because it's things like, I mean, your income is, is displayed. I mean, it, it's a field that you <laughs> no need way. to fill in. Right? Yeah, man, it is. Not only your income, your inheritance is, is displayed. <laughs> what? F- filter by net yeah. worth. No, uh, yeah, agreed. And then um, in India, there's this whole um, hor- horoscope matching thing, right? I mean, based on the, the, the day that you were born and the time that you were born and the location that you were born, the stars align and whatever, and, and you get matched with your, with your partner based on several different parameters based on, these, uh, based on where and when you were born. And, uh, and all of that information is on this website, man. So, like, somebody can go on this website and figure out how much I make and where I was born and what time I was born. I don't even know what time I was born, you know? Like, I mean... <laughs> Dude, I don't even like, know what blood type I am. It's pretty ridiculous. So, this, this shit scares me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, your height is, uh, is there, and that's, I think, pretty standard. But, but your skin tone, your skin tone, fair, dark, average, you know... <laughs> Those are also <laughs> fields that you need to fill in on these websites. So, like on the matrimony websites, taking yeah. it from uh, the the you know, the humid area of India, going to where you have such a massive selection of choice. Another kind of a weird app uh, that I found out from my Nordic friends was in Iceland. Apparently, we have a incest prevention app. So before you get <laughs> jiggy with the girl you're talking to, you do a quick search, figure how far removed you are. And uh, kind of kind of tells you where it becomes incest, and it's a thing that they actually do. I can't even pronounce a freaking app. I'm not even going to bother uh, trying to think. But uh, it, the alliteration of that would be Isledingabok. Sorry for any Nordic listeners, but yeah. So see, first world problems down there, man. 
some serious shit going Hashtag on. Hashtag uh, island problems. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man. Might be useful in Australia. I mean, Australia is a pretty big island, but... Uh, yeah, it's pretty big. It's uh, and we get you know we get we get enough visitors, I guess. <laughs> People swarming outside the airports, just waiting. For now we have a whole food. island of of asylum seekers. Uh, a whole island of asylum seekers. Like if we really want to mix up the population, we'll, we can you know let them out. But that's for another podcast. It's a, it's a completely new spin on the Syrian refugee situation. <laughs> <laughs> Come and mate with us Australians. We need the fresh blood. <laughs> we, we, uh, oh my god. So do I, how how is that mad uh, dating app doing in in India? Is it popular? I mean, it seems to be getting traction. I mean, uh yeah, I mean they're they're really pushing the marketing. So I mean, I'm I'm hoping it's working. I don't have any first-hand or second-hand experience with with the app. I don't know anybody on it yet, but uh but yeah, I mean, it's it's like refreshing to see that uh, that India's at least the youth here is embracing just would, dating would, apps as opposed to marriage platforms. Would girls trust it in in India? That's a good question, and and actually the the marketing is all centered around women making the choice. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah which uh, which uh, yeah, I, I guess that's the way you would market it, but. Yeah, no, that is a good question. Would girls trust it? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I know that girls you, like, you use Tinder. Would you let Tinder your sister here. use it? No, I wouldn't let my sister yeah. on any of that. But that's, what? No, but Why? Like, I, What's this hypocritical no, bullshit? Man, no, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> be like participatory in my sister's dating life. I would rather her. Well, what? okay, so <laughs> luckily she's married. So I mean, this is not a question. <laughs> But uh, no, but <laughs> people do use Tinder here, you know. So so I think there is a there is a market for this. But speaking yeah, I, of Tinder, they have something called Tin Dog, which is a version of Tinder where you can meet based on uh, based on your dogs. I guess. I mean, if if you if you have a dog and somebody else has a dog because you guys are dog lovers, you can uh, you can meet each other. Really, Man, they called it are, they called it Tin Dog. Of all they the freaking names they could have think about, right? like seriously, <laughs> Woofer maybe I don't know. We could probably we need these guys need to get a marketing company. To Woofer would have been a better name. I like that better. Yeah. We well, can have that the, one for an, free. Just, <laughs> another one I found was uh, Chris Harrison, who's uh, who's the Bachelor, the host of The Bachelor. He has come yeah, out yeah. with his dating app. Where it's it's pretty much like most dating apps out there. I mean, uh, you know, you you upload your profile, then you get matched and whatever. But the the USP for this dating app is instead of having a profile picture, you have a video profile picture. Well, it's not a picture, but a video profile. <laughs> so like I mean, a little GIF. <laughs> so is there audio or is it just a GIF? I <laughs> I know. I th- I think there's audio too. <laughs> It would be so funny, a GIF, like a two-second GIF on repeat, you know, (laughs) in a loop. It's like, you got vines. Yeah, vines. I know. And have you you guys heard of Grouper? I I know a couple of people in the U.S. who did this Grouper thing. You know, where where you guys... Which one's Grouper? where, Where you guys go on group dates, where it's like you and two of your friends get matched with like a girl and two of her friends. And uh, and you all go out, so it's like a group date, and then you guys can like meet each other, which which I think is actually like pretty cool, to be honest. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Uh, yeah, more like chance group. of fail. <laughs> <laughs> actually, what what Grouper does is um it, it, is they tie up with like certain restaurants and stuff, and and they'll they'll offer the group um, who's on a date like a discount, like maybe like um buy buy one get one free drinks or for for the first three drinks or something like that, right? Or maybe uh-huh. it's like a, a drink and two appetizers come at like a discounted price. So they, so they cool. curate the date slightly too. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah, I've had a couple of friends who had, who had gone on a couple of grouper dates. They, uh, none of them ended up working out, unfortunately for them, but, uh, but they all liked the experience. So I think grouper is, uh, is a winner in this, uh, in this industry.
Well, that's great. I mean, um, so what what have we learned here? Uh, make a dating app sounds like the right way to go. Yeah, maybe and maybe if it was like five years ago, man. Like today, it's <laughs> yeah. too much. Hey, uh, we're all we're we're all lonely people, are we? Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I think uh, I think we've uh, we've covered that pretty well. Uh, you guys want to move on to tractor beams? Tractor yeah. beams. Cool. So uh, Tane, uh, you know, woke me up with wonderful news today that he found a tractor beam online. Please enlighten us. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know how this whole hologram thing happened in Coachella, and people start freaking out about Tupac, and now like holograms are becoming kind of mainstream. Everyone's doing this whole, you know, dead celebrity revival type of things. But uh, a small group of researchers in the University of Bristol uh, have managed to create holograms with sound waves. Uh, and what that pretty much means is they can do some really cool shit, like move stuff around. So the shapes they've created from the hologram is kind of like takes on uh, familiar shapes in terms of tweezers or fingers or whatever. And they're kind of using like multiple speakers to generate kind of like the sound resonance kind of thing to create some sort of force that lifts things up and kind of moves it across. And like, it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, there's no video or anything and it's quite, uh, it's quite a small endeavor. They've had some uh, success off the back of it. Uh, but, you know, the applications really are quite significant in terms of like you could probably move things along a, uh, an assembly belt that are too sensitive to be handled by touch, you know. Or, you know, kind of get, get gauges working at a different level in terms of uh, having uh, the heights uh, and stuff. Uh, sorry, out of that. But uh, I, I think we're, this is more of a push type of thing. Uh, the, the tractor beam I really want are those little alien spacecraft that kind of come and pull people into them. So uh, we're not there yet, but it, it's interesting to see where this goes. Uh, could have uh, applications which we haven't even thought about yet. So what do you guys think about that? What would you use I think that's absolutely crazy, man. I, I'm, I'm blown away that they've actually gotten this far, and I, I, I never thought that that sound would be the uh, yeah, man, would be the medium to make it happen. That's uh, it's kind of mind blowing. But can you use it for dating? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you, you can send a tractor beam to pick up your date and just bring it to your bedroom or something. <laughs> Nice. Well, you could if if you're creating sound holograms that actually have force, you could probably use that in bed for some freaky shit. <laughs> it would make long distance relationships quite interesting. <laughs> so yeah. could you use it for a date, Mark? Yes. Once you've gone <laughs> to second base. Alright, great. I'm in. <laughs> you gotta get to second base. It's that first. simple. <laughs> nice. Anything else on tractor beams, uh, guys? <laughs> no, I think we uh, we can wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, and thank you, our listeners, for spending some time with us. We really, really appreciate it. If you happen to enjoy the podcast and would like to get in touch, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter by searching for Tech Goose Ninja, where you will find all the latest news and updates on upcoming shows. You can find and subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please leave us a rating to help us reach as many earballs as possible, and do tell your friends. Till next time, this is Jeremy Mark, Varun Ranjivantane, for Tech Goose Ninja. <laughs>